Good morning, Jonathan Wilson here with Jonathan Wilson at large. This is episode 10. I'm drinking coffee and reading books like usual. We never knew his head and all the light that ripened in his fabled eyes, but his torso still burns like a street lamp dimmed in which his gaze lit long ago holds fast and shines. Otherwise, this surge of the breast could not blind you, nor a smile run through the slight twist of the loins toward that center where procreation flared. Otherwise, this stone would stand cut off and cold under the shoulders, transparent drop and not glisten like a wild beast's fur, and not break forth from all its contours like a star. For there is no place that does not see you. You must change your life. Roca, Archaic Torso of Apollo. The man who lives in division is not a person, but only an individual. I have what you have not. I am what you are not. I have taken what you have failed to take, and I have seized what you could never get. Therefore you suffer, and I am happy. You are despised, and I am praised. You die, and I live. You are nothing, and I am something, and I am all the more something because you are nothing. And thus I spend my life admiring the distance between you and me. At times this even helps me to forget the other men who have what I have not, and who have taken what I was too slow to take, and who have seized what was beyond my reach, who are praised as I cannot be praised, and who live on my death. The man who lives in division is living in death. He cannot find himself because he is lost. He has ceased to be a reality. The person he believes himself to be is a bad dream. And when he dies, he will discover that he long ago ceased to exist because God, who is infinite reality, and in whose sight is the being of everything that is, will say to him, I know you not. Thomas Merton. New Seeds.
past the flannel plains and the blacktop grass and skylines of canted rust, and past the tobacco-brown river overhung with weeping trees and coins of sunlight through them on the water down river, to the place beyond the windbreak, where untilled fields simmer shrilly in the a.m. heat, shattercane, lamb's quarter, cut grass, saw briar, nut grass, jimson weed, wild mint, dandelion, foxtail, muscadine, spine cabbage, goldenrod, creeping charlie, butterprint, nightshade, Ragweed, wild oat, vetch, butchergrass, invaginate volunteer beans, all heads gently nodding in a morning breeze like a mother's soft hand on your cheek. An arrow of starlings fired from the windbreak's thatch, the glitter of dew that stays where it is and steams all day, a sunflower, four more, one bowed, and horses in the distance standing rigid and still as toys, all nodding, electric sounds of insects at their business. Ale-colored sunshine and pale sky and whorls of cirrus so high they cast no shadow. Insects, all business all the time. Quartz and shirt and schist and shond right iron scabs and granite. Very old land, look around you, the horizon trembling, shapeless. We are all of us brothers. Some crows come overhead then, three or four, not a murder, on the wing, silent with intent, corn bound for the pasture's wire beyond. which one horse smells at the other's behind, the lead horse's tail obligingly lifted, your shoes brand incised in the dew, an alfalfa breeze, socks, burrs, dry scratching inside a culvert, rusted wire and tilted posts, more a symbol of restraint than a fence per se, no hunting, the shush of the interstate off past the windbreak. The pastures crows standing at angles, turning up patties to get at the worms underneath. The shapes of the worms incised in the overturned dung and baked by the sun all day until hardened, there to stay. Tiny, vacant lines and rows and insect curls that do not close because head never quite touches tail. Read these. David Foster Wallace, The Pale King.
If we had no belief, what would happen to us? Shouldn't we be very frightened of what might happen? If we had no pattern of action based on a belief, either in God or in communism or in socialism or in imperialism or in some kind of religious formula, some dogma in which we are conditioned, we should feel utterly lost, shouldn't we? And is not this acceptance of a belief the covering up of that fear? The fear of being really nothing, of being empty. After all, a cup is useful only when it is empty. And a mind that is filled with beliefs, with dogmas, with assertions, with quotations, is really an uncreative mind. It is merely a repetitive mind. To escape from that fear, that fear of emptiness, that fear of loneliness, that fear of stagnation, of not arriving, not succeeding, not achieving, not being something, not becoming something, is surely one of the reasons, is it not, why we accept beliefs so eagerly and greedily? And through acceptance of belief, do we understand ourselves? On the contrary, a belief, religious or political, obviously hinders the understanding of ourselves. It acts as a screen through which we look at ourselves. And can we look at ourselves without beliefs? If we remove these beliefs, the many beliefs that one has, is there anything left to look at? If we have no beliefs with which the mind has identified itself, then the mind, without identification, is capable of looking at itself as it is. And then, surely there is the beginning of the understanding of oneself. Krishnamurti, belief hinders true understanding. The Book of Life. Love you guys.